to eavesdropping at the movies I'm Mike and I'm Jose uh, and we've been off for a little bit because I don't know we've just been sort of I don't know. it's football that's well the World Cup started that's for sure but I think we, and also Father's Day happened so I had to do stuff yes but we've been away but we're back yes we're back and we've seen uh, Ocean's 8 <laughs> yes which is the she-boot as I believe they're known is, is that what it's... yeah that's the, well, that's yeah, the word that I've heard I'm she not boot. sure I like that name. no I don't like it <laughs> <laughs> but it's this uh, all female sort of reboot of uh, the Oceans movies yes so, so the Oceans movie started back in uh, the Rat Pack days um, with Oceans 11 back in what 50, 60 62 or 3 or something like that yeah uh, and then uh, Steven Soderbergh brought them back in 2002-ish 2000 maybe something like that it feels like they've been going on forever now yeah and that's when it became sort of a, a franchise with Clooney and Matt Damon and Brad Pitt and mm. big stars and they made three of those uh, and now it's being sort of rebooted again with a, a, a cast of women so is reboot the right name because it's 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 clearly it, part of the same franchise there's a connection yeah. there right so Sandra Bullock plays Debbie Ocean who is Danny Ocean's brother and she's yeah. mentioned quite a bit yes. he was the George Clooney character so it I mean reboot I think is fair enough It's it, it occupies clearly the same universe yes um but it's sort of it doesn't really involve them there are a couple of cameos yes Elliot Gould appears yeah um and spoiler the, alert oh well well Okay, well there'll be there'll be lots of spoilers. Yeah. No, so, um, uh, <laughs> no, I don't I don't think it matters in this film because no, but I mean if you don't know what the heist is, then that's part of the thing, you know. Yes, uh, though you know I mean I'm I'm sure we won't get into it. I mean part of the pleasure of these films is actually having the heist explained to you, and then you know seeing it being carried out, and then kind of seeing it being. Foiled, and you are being surprised at the development, really. Yeah, which I know. think is a failure in this film. Uh huh. Um, actually, there are lots of things that I like about the film. So, I, I, let's say, like, spoiler territory is, you know, is we are now in spoiler territory. So, if you haven't seen the movie, don't know what happens, then, um, uh, whatever. So, there are lots of things that I like about the film. I, I the cast is fantastic. The cast is fantastic. Huge array of stars. Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock are the, the main two. Um, but I don't think they have enough chemistry. It's not like Clooney and Brad Pitt were in the old days where they played off each other. The movie isn't stylish enough. I put this down to the director because the cast is clearly capable. <laughs> the director and the script, it's, I don't think... It's interesting you should say that. I, I mean, my feelings about the cast was that Sandra Bullock just isn't good enough <laughs> that she's 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 too um inexpressive so she always has like this tomboy girl humor you know that 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 often works very well but she actually doesn't get a lot of that here and kind of and what little she gets isn't really carried off i thought the whole first scene where she kind of you know slightly cons her way out of her into her parole mm. Uh, is not as charming or as funny or yeah. as charismatic as it could be. So, you know, put her to the side. Um, I always love looking at Kate Blanchett, but she actually doesn't have the best of roles in this anyway. Right. You know, so for me... The she's two- supposed to be the sort of second in command. Yeah. And she falls into the background, really. She does. But 
I thought Han- Anne Hathaway was fantastic. Yeah, she was very good. Uh, and I find her very much an acquired taste. So, you know, I'm glad that... Sort of, she's, she's one of those where if she's not really that good, then I, it becomes the reason I hate the whole film. Oh, right, okay. I don't, I don't feel strongly about her one way or another. You know, uh, uh, I loved her in The Devil Wears Prada, and I think she's fantastic in this, really. Uh, uh, and, you know, it's kind of... It's a bit outsized as a performance, and she's clearly kind of poking fun at herself to a degree, right? Like, you know, a film star and so on. Yeah, I think that's probably why I got on the character. I loved her in this film, and I thought Helena Bonham Carter was fantastic. You know, she was just a pleasure to watch. Yeah. Um, And then there was all the the women interrelating with each. So even though Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett, you know, have had much better roles than this... There was actually something very nice about the way that their friendship was depicted and their interactions and, you know, I kind of, I liked all of that. Mm. You know, and in many ways, I thought the film was made for me, really, because, you know, the caper is like jewels, it's at the Met Ball, you know, uh, you get lots of close-ups of jewels and shoes and clothes and, you know, glamorous, well, yeah, it's, it's kind yeah. of like a gay man's dream movie and I think of a very girly movie, actually. Uh, so all of that I loved. Uh, and actually, I thought it was kind of well written, but not well directed. That's uh, well written. How? Well, because I kind of, I like the way that the caper kind of unfurled, you know. Uh, but maybe you have things to say about no, I that. No problem with that. I th- I found the caper way too straightforward. Uh, what, what I always liked about these about the the Ocean's movies before, and also the TV show Hustle, mm. which is basically like an Ocean's Eleven every week, mm. um, was was the sort of the secrets and the way that uh, you know things look like they're going wrong or do go wrong, and then there's a secret plan behind that that actually this is what was happening the whole time. You know, those really clever intricacies in the plots. That's what I love, and this had none of that. This is they, they had that at the end. No, it didn't. Well, it, when you think one thing has happened and then they show you the other, barely. What happens is you they they go, they go okay. There's this there's this massive necklace that Cartier owns that they haven't let out of a vault for fifty years. We're gonna pretend that we're we're a fashion designer. We're gonna get this necklace put on Anne Hathaway's character, who's a star, who's not involved in the heist. Mm. Um, and then we're going to you know, poison her, uh, get the necklace off her, and run away. And that's exactly what they do. It's not. Uh, and then when it gets to the point where you're going, okay, so something must have. You know, what's go- what's going to be the twist? Like, are they going to get caught or something? They don't really. They they kind of get chased, and then it turns out that Anne Hathaway was in on it because she kind of had to be, otherwise she would have just been able to give them up. So they had to cut her in on it, basically, and get her to help them to carry off. And also they stole a load of other jewels just because they could. It's, it, there's no twist in terms of... Well, like, the twist was the other jewels. That, yeah, but what there's, it, that's not interesting. What's interesting is the kind of, it's going wrong, oh no, we actually were on top of it the whole time, this was part of the plan. Okay, well, I, I mean, I agree... It was really, really dull, actually, the way it, the way it turned out to be completely straightforward. I think... I, I agree that the film had no suspense and that it should have had. And I agree that there's a lack of snap to it all, actually, which is, you know, uh, uh, a question of timing. Uh, it's a question of editing as well. And actually, I just think the graphic qualities in the film were not um, sophisticated enough. It could have been, you know, uh, Soderbergh's films are visually interesting. They're a pleasure to look at. And actually, there's a play on the look and the situation and so on that this film lacks. Yeah, right. and also and also uh, tempo and, 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 and style and timing. You know, you, if you compare this directly to Ocean's Eleven, 
the, the feel is very different. You know, Ocean's Eleven was so slick, it actually felt almost too slick for its own good. Mm. Like, no matter how badly it went for them, you felt like there was no way they're not going to pull this off. Like, the film is that sort of snappy mm. and cool. And this is pretty dry. Yeah, it's, it's pretty baggy in a way. Like, you know, things sag. Uh, um, Despite you know, that, I enjoyed quite a lot of it. I enjoyed, I, I guess, I mean, I, I, until it turned out that, that the plan was really going to be that simple. Um, I enjoyed sort of following it along. I loved it, you know. Uh, but I mean, I agree with your criticisms of the film. I loved it because, you know, I liked I liked looking at jewels and, you know, kind of. So, for example, the, you know, the fact that it was a Jean Toussaint necklace for Cartier, you know, that means something to me. Yeah. You know, the fact that Anna Wintour appears, all the cameos with, uh, you know, Elizabeth Ashley and Marla Thomas, you know, which were. You know, people who were big stars when I was uh, uh, a kid, and you th- you think they disappear, and here they show up, right, in kind of smart little cameos, which you know the film is dotted by, right? Um, things like uh, um, you know how Helena Bonham Carter is clearly based on Sandra Rhodes, right? Like, you know, if you're into that world, it gives you a lot, sure. really, you know, and 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 it's all kind of pleasurable, yeah, and so. You know, you see, like, uh, um, you know, you go into Cartier and you see all the goods on display, and mm. you know that that was all kind of rather splendid, really. Although um, it still felt to me like that actually should have been even showier. It should have. You know, when you get to like the opening of the Met Gala, and you know, you got all the stars are turning up and they're all dressed glamorously and stuff, you feel like there should have been a set piece here yeah. of just showing this off. And, and actually. That's a very good criticism because there is a documentary on the Met Gala, right. uh, um, you know, with Anna Wintour, and actually, it's you know, it's rather disgraceful that those scenes in the documentary look a lot more <laughs> uh, spectacular, yeah. you know, than they do in this film. Yeah, so uh, um, you know, kind of that is a bit of a disgrace, actually. Yeah, it could, could should have been a lot more attention to all of that. Um, you know, to to the dresses and what people were wearing, and and actually, um, you know that that element of spectacle that they could have worked on, you know, because, I mean, you know, this is clearly a film aimed primarily at women, right? Uh, and I think that kind of the, you know the film is not attentive enough to, you know, the visual pleasure in things like like clothes and hair and makeup and jewels and which is know, what it's all about which is what it's all it's about the, the entire world that it says it is is this glamorous world of showing off your clothes and like the whole the, the film is centered around a 150 million dollar necklace yes that it kind of fails to make dazzling shine. enough yeah yeah i mean when the when the film was going through cartier i kept thinking oh i wish this were better photographed you know like kind yeah. of and, and also shown to you slower, actually, uh, you know, which is one of the things that caper films often dealing with jewels like Top Capi, you know, with uh, uh, Melina Mercouri, you know, you're seeing what what they're stealing and why and how valuable it is, and you get a really good look at it, and it's made to seem magnificent, and yeah. you know, and kind of not, I think, not enough attention is is paid to that in this film. I also feel the the kind of underlying. Uh, the, the reasons that, that Debbie wants to do the heist um, feel slightly muddled to me. I mean, it's interesting think, comparing them to Ocean's Eleven again. Uh, they're kind of similar. There's 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 a there's a kind of professional motive, which is to make shitloads of money by stealing something mm. very expensive. And 
there's the kind of personal motive, which in this case is revenge. Mm. And in that, and back in Ocean's Eleven was kind of semi-revenge and semi-winning the girl back. He was winning mm. the girl back from the guy he was stealing all the stuff from. So it was a kind of it was tied in together, probably a little better then. Mm. This is kind of separate. Basically, they're stealing all this, uh, they're stealing the the diamonds, and then they're pinning it on her mm. ex-boyfriend who sold her out years mm. ago and sent her to prison. Um, but if the, but the the ex-boyfriend angle felt uh, weak. Really, yes. um, not not tacked on exactly, but uh, it's not it's not kind of integral to to the. Plot. It was underdeveloped because, right. you know, in terms of what they show us, you know, basically they show us a con that goes wrong, right, uh, and that she, who is meant to be like this really smart cookie from a long line of con people in which everyone in her family is a con person, somehow didn't suss out that. The hustle they were, you know, uh, uh, undertaking was not airtight. So, so that thing is unbelievable in a way. And then you never get the sense that he was setting her up, you know, that he was setting her up for his own advantage. You get the sense that it's a thing that went wrong, right? So, that's, that's not that's perfect. That's actually not. I mean, you don't see very much of the the heist that you know went wrong back in the day, but. The sense that I got was that it was deliberate because it was this because you get this very deliberate part of um, him making her sign a document that then is what leads the cops to sure get her sure uh, but what, but you don't understand why he did that yeah it, it, it doesn't seem vengeful or yeah. you know it just seems like you know he's 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 planning a con in which should it go wrong. It, it would land on her instead of him. Yeah. So that's unbelievable. and So that's problematic in two ways. Once it's unbelievable that someone like uh, uh, her character would fall for that. like, uh, uh, And two, you know, that it doesn't seem like a personal thing that would then entail like this very personalized revenge, you know, at the end. So for me, that was a weak... Well, it's interesting, point. actually. The, the first part of that, the idea that she she's too smart to have fallen for that, is interesting because the film opens up on her uh, parole, and she's just she's she's spinning this story for for the parole board to get out of prison. Mm. Um, and what she says as part of it is, um, although my family is a, a kind of crime family, everyone's a con man in my family. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just got caught up with the wrong people. And I fell for the wrong guy. Is the phrase that she uses. Right. And and it's interesting because when she said that, I thought, okay, so she's. She's kind of playing a gender card. Mm. She's saying, you know, oh, it wasn't me. I fell for the wrong guy, and it was hit. It was a guy who got me into this, and that's why I made the mistake. Mm. But actually, it would have then turned out that that was complete, completely made up, mm. and there was no ex-boyfriend, no guy that she fell for. And actually, the reason she was in prison in the first place was her own doing, mm. and she was just saying this to get out of prison. You know mm. what I mean? Um, but then it turns out that no, no, it's kind of true, or, or at least partially true. She did have an ex-boyfriend, so the idea that she fell for him is not is not like absolutely, definitely clear that her kind of judgment was off, you know, five years ago. But it, I think it's I think that's ultimately what you're supposed to take from it. The idea that actually it was it was a, a, the falling for him. Okay, well, you know, that's why the film is her, muddied because yes. I think you're right. But on the other hand, you know, here's this woman who also tells the parole board that everyone in her family is a hustler and, you know, and for generations, right? You know, and they're all really good at it. There's only one Haranth Ida or something who wasn't, 
right? And then who immediately upon leaving jail managed to hustle herself a free room, really expensive toiletries at Bloomingdale's, blah, 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 blah. And she parlays the 45 bucks that she leaves out of jail into like a wardrobe and, you know, the best hotel in town and blah, blah, blah. I mean, come on. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And and as I say, so that's kind of half of what I thought. Because like I say, I thought also part of it is you're going into this film going, okay, well, this is a feminist film, ultimately. Yeah, so it is. So you go, this is going to be a kind of feminist uh, kind of take on this. And so, like I say, when it opens up with her saying it was this guy, that's why I thought, okay, so there was no guy, but she's playing the board by saying that. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because the film can't open up, like like I say, the film can't promise you that it's going to be this, this, this feminist thing and then open up by going, but she's susceptible to falling in love with the wrong guy. But then it kind of turns out that that is the case. So it is muddled. Well, I would have liked it much more had, you know, had, had you know, had, uh, had that whole uh, romance, vengeful thing just not been a part of it. It didn't need to be a part of it. You know, and actually the film is, to me, at its best when it's just dealing with the interactions between the women, you know. And actually it kind of, it it's... I suppose I do want there to be something underneath it. Like, as much as I want it to be a fun cape, which is what these films should always be, the idea that there's, there's something underpinning, like, why are we doing this heist? You know, so in Ocean's Eleven, there, there was, the, 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 like I say, the similar kind of thing of getting the girl back and taking revenge on the guy who was, who was a dick. Um, and, and I suppose in, in the TV show Hustle every week, it was usually something along, along the lines of, uh, we're going to con this guy because he's not a good guy because he's conning people himself like mm. there was this whole thing of never conning an honest person mm. so that was their kind of that was their underlying ethos in that show and in this I get that they you know they want to do something similar they want to do like there is a personal reason behind this which is why it and, and I, I like that I want that to be there I want that to be interesting for the audience well, but, you know, but it's not interesting enough no. that's the point. and actually they could have made it much more it's interesting it's just poorly executed why not put like you know some kind of powerhouse kind of you know, actress as the villain, you know, I think that would have made it kind of, you know, so much more interesting. Why not, you know, I mean, it would have been even more interesting, you know, had, uh, um, you know, you had somebody like Kate Blanchett, you know, as the person who had wronged, just the same way that it was the Andy Garcia character, and yeah. I forget which... Uh, I agree. Uh, you know. So anyway... But that, um, that, that's ultimately the point. Like, I want there to be that, though. I just want it to be better than it was in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I agree. I mean, you know, the film lacked pace and snap and suspense. And also, I just thought visually it wasn't interesting enough, you know. No. So, so for me, there was... So it's a mixed bag for me because I love the actresses and I love looking at them and I love the milieu that they, you know, do their heist in. I kind of I love all of that stuff the diamonds and the jewels and the dresses but actually ultimately you know kind of it's not a great caper film no absolutely I do like and this is something that I was kind of clued into slightly before seeing it and I was looking out for it I like how uh, all the characters eat oh I thought this was really interesting because I, I just saw this little thing saying oh look out for how the characters eat and so I was picking up on it and it's great because well partly it comes from the first Oceans film, no, well, the, the, the previous Oceans films with Brad Pitt, because Brad Pitt is kind of famous for always eating on camera. Right. Not just in those films, but he does it loads in those films. But uh, but just generally, it's one of those things that like, like Leonard, Leonardo DiCaprio always raises a glass in his films. And and uh, Tom Cruise always runs at a really high speed straight towards the camera. And Brad Pitt always eats something. Okay. And, and so I thought, it, okay, so 
the film is kind of taking off from that a little bit. But also, you think about how the characters eat. There's one point where, for some reason, they're just in Subway. It's while they're kind of planning the heist. They're in Subway. And there's no reason that they have to be in Subway. They could be anywhere, but, but they set mm. it in a Subway. Um, there's a couple of points where they're just having dinner, and actually, Sandra Bullock is eating something. Kate Blanchett's sitting across from him. They're chatting away. And there's, and there's like, no for no reason in the scene, Sandra Bullock says, have a bite of this. Remember it? Yes. Towards the start. She says, I have a bite of this. And so she takes her gum out and she has a bite and then she's like, yeah, it's pretty good. And that's the end of the scene. Like, that's not how you button a scene, right? That's, yeah. It's just kind of, it kind of, go, but I love that, I love that there's just this really casual thing. Like, if you think about women eating in film, when do they ever get to? Basically, whenever women eat in film, it's either because they're imitating uh, fellatio, <laughs> you know, like they look kind of around their lips, like doing that. You know, uh, imitating sex, or they're eating a huge tub of ice cream because they've just been dumped. Yes, they never get to just eat. Actually, it's very interesting because there there are a lot of those scenes. Now I think about it. There's when they they eat the hot dog when Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock, uh, um, you know, meet up and they're you know they're at a hot dog stand. There's the eating of the Chinese food. There's the shawarma. Uh, uh, um, Stand, yeah. When yeah. when they're doing the heist, there's the eating of the soup at the heist. Actually, yeah. there there is there is. Which, I know, yeah, so food is actually integral to the heist because they poison it to get in halfway yeah, yeah, to yeah. throw up. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's this kind of thing about food where sort of. I, also, I suppose when I think about it, Sandra Bullock, I think, eats a lot on film. Not just in this, but generally, I think I, I, it's it's kind of. I certainly I certainly remember in Miss Congeniality, she was stuffing her face because the whole point of that was. Um, that like she wasn't actually a beauty queen; she was an FBI person, so like, she didn't know how to act among mm. all these women who were like, you know, not touching their food. But again, there was a kind of point to that. What I like is the pointlessness of so much of the eating in this mm. that they're just allowed to just be snacking. Like, yeah, you would, mm. you know. Which and again, like I say, they did in the, in the Soderbergh ones; they were snacking and, and chatting over dinner and stuff. What I liked was um, seeing so many generations of actresses because it, it, it goes through quite a spectrum. So actually, it's very interesting, for example, that Anne Hathaway, who to me is a very young star, nonetheless now sees her competition being... Uh, the, is it Dakota Fanning? Or? I don't know. One of the Fanning sisters. Uh, um, you know, who's, who's young and she's in competition with for the dresses, where you yes. remember, right? Um, so, so, so I thought kind of, you know, that was all kind of very interesting uh, and there were elements that yeah so on the one hand you have uh, uh, Elizabeth Ashley and Marlo Thomas who are like now in their mid 70s on the other hand you have Sandra Bullock you know who must be close to 50 and you know Kate Blanchett and then so you have different tiers of of ages of women interacting in the film which is both you know a real pleasure and actually, and it's also something like, you know, uh, I, I'm sure I'll, I'll get criticized for this, but I Sandra found... Bullock's 53. That, yeah? Yeah. Well, I think... Um, Who knew? Yeah. Well, I kind of knew, I suppose. Like, it was around <laughs> that age. Uh, um, I thought her face was very inexpressive, you know. Mm. Um, so she's had a lot of plastic surgery. Uh, um... And and you can see it. So she, you know, she looks really good, but she looks really good with an immobile face. Yeah, there's a kind of tension in the film between it being um, sort of knockabout and a comedy, and which would which would mean you know kind of uh, 
you know, whatever, like falling over and just making fun of yourself and, and being expressive. And then there's the thing of being incredibly beautiful and kind of dolled up and going to the Met Gala and like showing off. So and they, they, they don't sit nicely together. Mm. So the film is kind of trying to do both and it, it achieves neither, really. Yes. I mean, I thought there was also um, a weird thing because it's got... It's got, you know, some great comedians, right? Uh, you know, and people who make their living out of uh, doing comedy. Uh, Mindy Callen. Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling. And what was the other woman from Bridesmaids? The one who... Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. No, the one oh. who, 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 who shifted goods from her garage, the one with the children. Yeah, yeah Sarah Paulson. Okay, was that Sarah Paulson? Sarah Paulson, yeah. Okay, well, you know... Uh, um, there's a lot more that they could have done with those characters. And, you know, one of the things that we were discussing when we were discussing Baby Driver is, you know, how great it was at just kind of visual comedy, right? A kind of, you know, making gags out of, like, the sights and the sounds and the cutting. And, you know, this is so one note. Like, there's not even any slapstick, much less kind right. of playing on anything with the rhythms of the film, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, so, no, there's no inventiveness yeah, in, 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 in the direction at all. Basically, you know. Yeah. Um, but still, it's a film that I enjoyed very much. Yeah, despite... I enjoyed despite quite a lot of things. Like yes. it's, it still kind of has a certain something. I think the cast deserves a huge amount of praise for, yeah. for that. I think they're the reason to see it. They're the reason to see it. And actually, they're mostly wonderful. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, even though I've been complaining about some of them, I mean, they're still wonderful. I, you know, kind of, it's, it's a question of degrees. I mean, I really love Anne Hathaway and... Uh, and I think this is one of her best things, uh, you know. And I've criticized Sandra Bullock and so on, but they're still good. Yeah, like I'm yeah. kind of, you know, it's a, just a comparative thing. It was a pleasure to watch them all. I also like, I, I do like the way it kind of connects with the previous Ocean's films, um, just barely. It kind of sets up, as, as we said, that that uh, Debbie is Danny's sister, but there's also this thing of how Danny's dead. Mm. Um, Danny Ocean passed away, and you see, you see her at his grave very early on in the film. Uh, you know, Danny Ocean, 1963 to 2018, um, and, like, and 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 she's there, but she says, you know, I, I hope you're in there. No. So this thing of like, so he's probably not, right? He's not. Like, he's yeah. faked his death, and um, and then later on, uh, I can't remember which character it is, but one of, I think it might be Rihanna's character, uh, like sees a photo of him, mm. and she says, oh, he's hot. Yes, um, and then. And basically says something like, he's not really dead, is he? And she says, I don't know. Yeah. I love how casual that is. I love that like, they haven't made a big thing out of it, but like later on there may be like a new Ocean's film where the two of them are together. He's yeah, gonna yeah. Come back. I, I, really, I, I like the sense of humour behind that. Yeah. That you know, they um, weren't making a big deal out of it. He's, no, just, he's probably going to come back. Yes, I like that as well. Um, though, you know, the other Ocean films to me were funnier than this one. Yeah. Even uh, the second one, which had that god-awful bit where... Um, do you remember the... the, the Julia, what's her name? Roberts. Julia Roberts. Uh, they, they, she plays Tess, and they say, "Tess, you look an awful lot like Julia Roberts." I love that. I love that in that film. Man, <laughs> it was brave. I'm going to give him that. It was balls <laughs> she play, played herself, and then she's uh, like, "I don't look anything like myself." Uh, On the other hand, I can actually remember her character's name. Yes. Which is interesting. Yes. Because the only one I can remember from this is is um, Debbie, who's the, who's the uh, Danny, Danny Ocean's sister. I can't remember any of the other character names. No, me neither. Um, that says something. It does. I mean, I saw I saw, I saw earlier because um, we're going to see Jurassic World tomorrow. Yes. And I saw someone saying on Twitter, "Can anyone tell me without looking up the name of Chris Pratt's character?" No. 
And it's one of those things like this is a huge, huge movie following on a huge, huge franchise. And all you can remember is Chris Pratt is in it, not, yes. his, not his name or anything. You know what I mean? Whereas I can remember the characters from, well, I can remember Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler. Mm. Like, that's, that's what makes, that's, that's, that says something. Well, my memory's too bad to continue with this part of this well, okay. because I can't remember anything. <laughs> but I still, I still think it sort of says something. It's something unmemorable and, you know, kind of will o' the wisp. Anyway, shall we wrap it up? Sure. Um, so, final verdict. It's all right. Yeah. And I think there's probably more... I mean, I, I, do you think we've scratched the surface enough of the kind of... There is something about it being, you know, a, a feminist kind of reboot. I mean, like, like the Ghostbusters one where they said, okay, we're going to do this, but we're going to do this all female. Like, there's something... Uh, there's something... Notable in that. Yes, and something that hasn't been given enough credit because... You know, I think we were watching it with an audience that I would say was over half women, which one almost never sees, mm. right? And they were enjoying it. Like, you know, there was a woman next to me who brought her own cans of Coke and her own crisps and, you know, and you could tell she was in heaven, right? Like, there is something about a sector of the audience normally not being addressed that this film addresses. And this film offers, I think, a lot of satisfaction to that audience. Yeah. And it's not going to get on people's tits as much as Ghostbusters did because there aren't people who kind of take Ocean's Eleven to their heart as people did with Ghostbusters. No. So like, it's not this kind of, you know, like what the problem with Ghostbusters but it's this sort of, you know, nerds yes. love it. And so anyone who intrudes on that is an evildoer. Yeah. People well, don't feel I, that way about Ocean's Eleven. I mean, you and know. I, I knew Ghostbusters had its problems, but none of them were to do with the fact that it was a cast of women. I think this is a film that, you know, guys will find enjoyable, like, you know, but actually that women will love. Yeah, maybe the case. But actually, I think it could do, I, I think a female director would have done so much more. She would have made more, she would have understood, I think, the milieu she was working in. That's something that I don't understand, you know. So if you're going to the trouble to, you know, uh, uh, make an all-women's caper film, why not have a woman direct it? It makes no sense to me. No, I agree. Um, I agree. The, the director and co-writer, he co-wrote it with uh, a woman. Uh, it's Gary Ross, who uh, directed The Hunger Games, the original one, which which, you know, which was not great, not it's bad. It's very not, badly directed. I, yeah. I remember it as being very badly directed. But I suppose Along the same lines that we're discussing this I was going to say, but interesting in, insofar as it's also a kind of young... It, it's a, it, it's a woman's film in yeah. a way kind of basically like, it is it's not just a woman's film it's meant to appeal to absolutely everyone because it's a huge kind of star vehicle as well but um, but it's you know it's kind of very well it's a women's film that's meant to appeal to everyone it's right. a, you know it's a women's fantasy action f- adventure yeah. film that's meant to to appeal to a broad audience but you and know he directed Free State of Jones I don't know what that is uh, that's, that's the Matthew McConaughey thing about the guy who sort of set up his own sort of state in kind of mid-1800s America. It's kind of interesting. I, okay. I kind of like that film. It had its problems, but again... And he also wrote Big back in the day. Okay, well, Big do you think I, The guy who could write Big wrote this. Wow, but Big was directed by a woman. True. So... Uh, maybe that's what needed to happen. <laughs> they should have gotten Penny Marshall to direct Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Ocean's Eight. Ocean's Eight, yeah. yeah. What's, what's, what's she been up to recently? I don't think uh, I don't know. I, th- I I saw her in interviews, um, but I don't think she's directed a film for a long time. Look she, her up. I might be wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm just having a quick look. No, she hasn't directed a film since 2001. There you go. Um, uh, yeah, riding in cars with boys, which I haven't even heard of. So you're right. You know, women need more opportunities. Basically. 
Well, and if they can't get an opportunity directing this, what are they going to get an opportunity directing? No, it's like, true. This is the film for a woman to direct. It is. Uh, so kind of, you know, uh, it's, a, it's the producer's fault because that should have been like a kind of a key point, really. Yeah. Um, but anyway, there you go. I had fun. Yeah, I more or less had fun. But it's, it's um, but I'd say see Free State of Jones as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, thank you very much for listening. We are on iTunes... SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Facebook, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, eavesdropping at the movies uh, on all of them. Twi- on Twitter, it's at eavesdrop movies, and um, yeah. And tomorrow we're seeing Jurassic World Two or Jurassic. Yes. I can't remember what. And we will now. be talking about how it feels like we've been watching the same films for twenty five years. Yeah. <laughs> and then on Sunday we're seeing um, Hereditary. Okay. Which which basically. Everyone, interesting with Hereditary, everyone's been kind of going, will everyone see Hereditary so we can all talk about it? But like everyone's been very quiet about it because no one wants to ruin it for anyone else, which is interesting. Okay, like everyone, so. so there's something good about Hereditary. We'll have to pay special attention. Unless you're American, which but that'll be hereditary. <laughs> is that twice? Uh, um, so, <laughs> goodbye for now. Bye-bye. <laughs>